Hello and welcome to the Pixel Swim Podcast, episode 45. This is the podcast where I take a dive into my personal journey through design and technology and where they meet, plus other tidbits that I find interesting. My name is Steve Heinrich, the host, as usual, uh, by myself today again, but uh, we shall press on. Let's... uh, keep going. Anyway, this episode is being recorded on Wednesday, November 28th, and will be released on Thursday, November 29th, 2018. Visit pixelswim.com for all of the show notes and social links. If you so wish to follow along or get in contact or leave feedback or hate mail or whatever you want to do, it's all at pixelswim.com. So yeah, if you want to head over there, if you want to follow along with everything. So And I think you can see the show notes in your podcast app, too. So anyway, let's dive into our weekly notes, feedback and links. So I hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving slash Black Friday this last weekend. Uh, I know there's tons of deals going on. I didn't really I kind of said that I wasn't really going to take advantage of any of them unless something caught my interest. And so with everything that I've been talking about over the past few weeks, I saw that Microsoft, the Office 365 Home subscription, was on sale for $79.99, and so that's about $20 off. So I decided to upgrade my subscription. Why not while it's on sale? So I basically had the personal plan before so I could install that on my own computer and I was able to install it on my wife's computer too. But uh, either way, now we both will have access to our own installations, our own OneDrive storage, which is a terabyte each, which is really great. And I was going to do this in the future anyway, so I figured why not take advantage of the sale. So I ran through the upgrade of it on their on the Office 365 website, up, upgraded the subscription. And the crazy thing is they don't really like prorate your subscription right off the bat, so you do have to pay all of it up front, but it gets tagged on to your current subscription. So yeah, I'm all upgraded. So now I can have up to six computers, I believe, or six users that can use the Office 365 Home subscription. So it will be me and my wife. And actually, it was kind of crazy because my niece had recently contacted me. You remember Azure? She was on the show and she needed a word processing software. So she's, you know, writing stories and such. And uh, I know she's going to have to be like typing stuff out a lot for school, too. So I was able to this over Thanksgiving on Thanksgiving. Actually, she brought her her little Dell laptop with her. I was able to sign her up or at least share my subscription with her so I could install the office suite on her computer so she can have that to type out everything that she needs. So the home subscription is already paying off. So I've got three users. So I got three more to go. And I know that I'm going to, you know, over time here, figure out if anybody else needs it too. So yeah, I took advantage of that Office 365 promotion. I think it's actually still going on. If it is, I'll put a link in the show notes so you can take advantage of that too. So 80 bucks where it's usually 100 bucks. So that's decent savings. Uh, And on Twitter, Frank Neathart actually reached out and said that he got There was a Black Friday sale. It looked like it was on a German website where he got it for 45 euro, the home subscription, which is about $50. So that's (laughs) even way better. So another $30 off. And so, yeah, that was cool to see Frank get that deal. So I I 
you know, I kind of just started looking into the subscription. So I just decided to go directly through Microsoft this time. But perhaps I will keep a better eye out in the future and see uh, how that, you know, if I can find any other sales or anything better, that's uh, a good, you know, a good a good deal. So, yeah, that that was kind of my one Black Friday thing that I that I took advantage of this year. But either way, I hope everybody else had a good Thanksgiving. Uh, thanks to Mike Latori for reaching out with the Thanksgiving greetings. And also thank you to Kyle Helms for good conversation this week. And he actually alerted me to <laughs> I have talked about I like golf in the past. And so I do tend to follow uh, the PGA over here in the US. And there was a pay-per-view match this weekend, which is first of its, I don't know if it's the first of its kind, but it was the first match like this that I've seen in a long time between Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson. So they had a match for <laughs> the prize of $9 million, crazy enough, plus uh, some other little bonus things for charity. And yeah, it was really cool to watch. I was actually able to stream it on the Bleacher Report website which I was kind of surprised by uh, considering it's a pay-per-view event. But yeah, thanks to, to Kyle for the conversation on that. And I, the, I was able to watch that. That was the on Black Friday. So the day after Thanksgiving here in the US, that that golf match between them was really fun to watch. And they actually ended up golfing at night. <laughs> so they set up like a tiny little par three hole and they had some lights set up so they could finish off the match because it went to, I think, what was it what was it? 21 holes or something like that. So got the full 18 in and then another extra three. So yeah, it was really uh, cool to watch. But Either way, I hope they do that every year and because it was really fun. I could see the day after Thanksgiving having a match like that to watch uh, would be really cool. Uh, I don't know if I agree with the $9 million stakes. That's a little bit uh, excessive, in my opinion. I think uh, that kind of put it over the top, in my opinion. So but now they've set that standard. I don't know if they'll do it again, but a lot of fun. Either way, thanks again, Kyle, for the, the good conversation on that and for other tech conversations. So, and I also want to say thanks to Guillermo Ortiz, who left a comment on the show notes page, mentioning that he is listening to the end of the world podcast, the one that I suggested in the last podcast uh, by Josh Clark. And it's a, I definitely still recommend that podcast. It's a really great and fascinating podcast, very, very well produced and very interesting, especially if you're into science and space science and the human, the future of humanity and all that stuff. So definitely worth listening to. It's only it's going to be a 10 part series in total. I think there's six or eight parts out now. So the rest will be coming out, I believe, this week, actually. So if you're worried about, you know, getting into a podcast that goes on forever, it's not. It's more of a, a mini series, uh, but definitely worth a listen, in my opinion. And I'll put a link to that again in the show notes in case you, you know, haven't checked it out yet. But either way. <laughs> OK, so this week I only have one link that I want to share, and it is to an article called How to Build a WordPress Theme from Scratch, the First Steps. And so this is on a website called SitePoint.com. And basically, if, if anybody out there is is working with WordPress at all, or if you're it, looking to get into WordPress development, building your own theme is definitely a great way to wrap your head around how everything works. And so this is a really great primer to get started with building your own WordPress theme. And it's not something that's so intimidating that's 
out of reach, you know, for your average user. So and the part of the reason that I posted this specific one is that these articles, there's a few different uh, posts that they put together to build this WordPress theme. And the reason that I posted or wanted to share this is because it's up to date. It's it was written in November of this year. So this month, <laughs> this year. So it's, uh, you know, taking into account any of the newer WordPress standards as far as building a theme from scratch. So I actually have plans to kind of read through these again to see all the parts and stuff like that. I have actually built a WordPress theme from scratch before following a similar tutorial years ago, though. So this one's more up to date and and should help with uh, any of the little nuances, you know, and the features and the stuff that they're continuously adding to WordPress. So check out the show notes for that link if you're interested in that sort of thing. <laughs> if not, uh, even just reading through it, you know, just to kind of see a general overview. It, it's really not as complicated as you might think. Uh, you A theme really in WordPress is basically just the core of WordPress reading a bunch of files that you create. And so it reads them and just loads them into WordPress. And, you know, it's uh, it, it, it's interesting if you're <laughs> looking for if you're an uber geek who likes to code it's you know it's not a bad weekend project type of thing because it doesn't take that long to put something together um obviously they're you know to to create a great theme that's a different story but to just kind of do this from scratch is not really that intimidating so definitely check that out in the show notes Okay, so to go into, I have a few topics that I want to cover here, Uh, mostly my personal journey with my technology recently. I've talked a lot about moving over to Microsoft and, you know, away from Google and all that stuff. But either way, part of the process of that, and I figured this longer weekend, longer lazy weekend, (laughs) I mean, you know, I wasn't being lazy this weekend necessarily, but it's just, you know, a long weekend. So I decided to factory refresh my LG G6 and set it up and basically Microsoft it. So I Microsofted my LG G6. So while I did this, I pulled out the SIM card because I didn't, you know, I didn't want to be factory resetting and installing stuff and doing all this while my SIM card was in it necessarily because I didn't, you know, data loading and all that and, you know, it had to reboot it and, and such. So I put my SIM card back in my my trusty Alcatel Idol 4S and so with Windows 10 mobile. And so, yeah, I always enjoy putting the SIM back in that device. It's a, it's a, you know, it's a decent device. The screen on it has, is always impressive to me. So that and the speakers on it. So picking up my podcast listening while I'm in the interim, while my LG G6 is, you know, getting Microsofted. It, you know, it's nice to have the the good speakers on that 4S, plus the call quality is just really good, too. And I noticed that right away. So that it, compared to the LG G6, that, that idle 4S, uh, the call quality is actually a lot better on that 4S. Uh, unfortunately, there's no Wi-Fi calling settings in the unlocked version of the idle 4S. There is a T-Mobile version of the 4S that... I believe comes with the Wi-Fi calling settings. I think that's one of the differences in the firmware. But either way, that's where my SIM was while I was Microsofting my LG G6. So I to to take into account what I did before I 
kind of got everything set up on the G6 with my Microsoft accounts, with all my Outlook contact calendar and email and OneDrive and all that stuff. So when I didn't want, because I still wanted to sign into Google when I booted up the device because I still wanted to use the Play Store and and YouTube and all that stuff. And I didn't want to necessarily log in later. Plus, I kind of, I guess, had to (laughs) log into the the Play Store at the very least to get the Microsoft Launcher app, but I'll get to that in a second. So I decided to back up all my Google contacts. So basically I exported them. This is all on my PC uh, in, the, in the web browser. I backed all of my Google contacts up because I've already moved them all over to Outlook and I deleted them all from my Google account. So all of my contacts in my Gmail account are now <laughs> deleted. Obviously, like I said, I back them up. So if I ever want to jump back in for some reason, I can just re-upload those. So I back those up to OneDrive, <laughs> of course. So I deleted all those because I didn't want them to sync in initially when I signed into the, the phone because there's no way to... I, I could be wrong, but there's no way to select what you don't want to sync in your Google account when you when you first set up your device. So essentially, I didn't want to sign into Google when while I was in the initial setup of the device after factory resetting and have all the contacts, all the calendars, everything syncing in. And so I just decided to, to back up the contacts and, and delete them so that wouldn't happen right off the bat because I kind of wanted to see how the Outlook contacts loaded in themselves in a fresh, you know, in a fresh way. Because <laughs> if I load in those Google contacts, then it's going to be kind of doubling up on what, you know, it's going to be doubling up on the contacts and and kind of, you know, re- recognizing the fact that there are duplicates in there, you know, that are just the same contact. Not that it's going to show duplicates, but it's going to load Google's information before Outlooks. And I didn't want that. So and I know there's a way to go into your the contacts app, at least on the uh, LG's stock contacts app and, you know, display only a certain account accounts uh, contacts. But I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to load the Google ones in at all. So uh, so, yeah, to, to to do that, I had to delete the contacts. So I did that. <laughs> and so when I signed in on the device, I immediately went to the accounts settings for my Google account on the on my G6 and turned off the sync on all the stuff that I didn't want. So I turned off the cal- the calendar sync so that wouldn't sync to the device. And then I also turned off the contacts sync and other other syncs on there that I didn't really need. And then I also disabled a bunch of the Google apps that came on the device. It came with like docs and slides and stuff like that, which I honestly never used on the device anyway. And I also turned off Chrome. I also disabled Chrome and I disabled Google Photos and other things like that, basically kind of trying to clear out the device of all the Google stuff so that I only had one app uh, using those for using those services not taking up any room with 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 that stuff so and i know disabling them still you know it just takes them you know out of the equation and so that's kind of what i wanted to do so basically i had my youtube i have my google play store and so decided to go into the play store and of course get the microsoft launcher this is a really great way to start 
if you're going to Microsoft your Android device, getting the Microsoft launcher is a great way to start it, mostly because they have a folder on the, the home screen of the Microsoft launcher with all of the Microsoft apps in it. And you can basically go in and, and download all of the ones that you are going to be using. So you can get OneDrive and Cortana and OneNote and To-Do and Edge. And basically, it's they, it provides you with shortcut links to the Google Play Store for all of these apps. And so I was able to go in and, and download everything pretty pretty easily. And I've actually, because I've used Gboard for a long time, <laughs> it's probably, it is the best keyboard on Android by far, in my opinion. I, or at the very least, I've gotten used to using it the most. And so I've gotten used to it, all of its features. But I decided to start using the SwiftKey keyboard, and, you know, because it's a Microsoft product now. And so I, you know, essentially Microsofted, <laughs> went, went with as many Microsoft things as I could. Not necessarily, well, maybe not necessarily as I could, but I went with it, as many Microsoft things as I as I really wanted to, and which was which nice, you know, because there's a lot of a lot of stuff that I, you know, I can use with Microsoft services. So I did keep Google Maps. That was one thing that I still wanted to use because it's by far the best Maps app on a mobile device. So why give that up necessarily, <laughs> you know? So that is still on my home screen, but for the most part, it's mostly just Microsoft stuff. And I did keep, like I said, I did keep a few Google things. Like I still have Hangouts and Google Plus because those are things that I use, you know? So I just kind of, decided that I'm going to keep those for the me in the meantime, you know, but for the most part, I, you know, it's all, all Microsoft all the time now. So, um, but the one big thing is that I tried to get on with the Microsoft launcher and it's a really nice launcher and not, it's, you know, I, I eventually went back to LG's stock launcher, which uh, doesn't the one without the app drawer. And I know that's kind of a strange thing to do because it's very iOS like, but I didn't, you know, I don't mind it. I've gotten used to using it over the past few months. And uh, when I was using it on the LG Q6, uh, I got used to it there. So I've gotten used to the workflow. And so on an LG device, I think I'll, you know, this is kind of the way that I use it. So I am using the stock launcher and not the Microsoft launcher. Uh, just because it just, you know, it's not perfect yet. Um, there are a few things animation wise. And I don't know, it's just, I may go back to it at some point, but for now, I'm I'm really just happy set up in the stock launcher. And it's not like it's a, a Microsoft launcher anyway. So but or I should say it's not like it's a, a Google launcher. That's what I meant to say. It's not like the, you know, the Google now launcher or anything like that. But so it's definitely a different feel still, you know, compared to a stock Google device or Android device. But either way, I'm kind of rambling now. But um in the Outlook app itself, I actually had to go in. I, I signed into my Microsoft account in the Outlook app. And so that pulled in all of my my email, of course, and my my calendar, my calendars, all of my Microsoft connected calendars. And also I had to actually because I set up an alias online on through a web browser on my on my laptop in micros in outlook.com for steve at pixelswim.com so i can basically send via that email address and it just sends it through microsoft servers you know so there's a chance that you could see my outlook.com 
email address, but it's only if you're really if your email application pulls in that information. But either way, I noticed on the Outlook app that my Steve at Pixelswim.com alias did not get pulled in to the alias settings in the Outlook app, which I really thought that it would have. And so I had to manually add back my alias on the, the, the Android app, which I thought was kind of weird that that didn't sync across. I could have sworn in the past that it did, but that that sort of thing did but it wasn't there. So I had to manually add that back. And it was kind of weird because it just let you type in any it's it said add alias was an was an option. And then it just let you type in any email address. And so if you've ever set up an alias through the web browser in outlook.com, you'll know that it basically you you type in the email address you want to use as an alias, and then it will send a verification email to that email address, which you have to then click on, you know, you have to access that email address somewhere and click on the email that Microsoft sent so you can verify that you own that email address. And so in the Microsoft Outlook app on Android, you can't you can add any email address as an alias, but there's no dialogues or communication to you, the user in the interface that says, hey, we're sending a verification email to this email address. You need to go and click on it. It basically will just add it. And so as an example, say I wanted, I, I actually tested. And so in the, the Outlook app, if you go into the settings and you're into your account, your Microsoft account, and you go to the advanced settings, I believe it is, into the alias section, you can click add an alias and literally, I just, you know, I was I wanted to test it. And so I typed in, you know, like thing at pixelswim.com and clicked add and it adds it into the list in the Outlook app. And so then what I did was I went to send an email in the Outlook app. And so you can choose which email it comes from. And I was able to select thing at pixelswim.com, which, by the way, is not an email address I have set up. And so when I sent that email from the app to, you know, to my Gmail account as a test, it came through as my Outlook email address. So <laughs> it did not come through as thing at pixelswim.com. So that's kind of a weird little quirk in the Outlook app. That is definitely not the way that it should be working. Um, I, I probably should report that. <laughs> That's not an accurate thing. So, But with that said, the whole reason I have to use an alias in the first place, as I've mentioned in the past, is because they've dropped support through the Outlook, through Outlook.com to add a POP or an IMAP account uh, to connect those apps in, which is something I was doing in Gmail to get my email off my hosted server. Uh, you can no longer do that in the Outlook.com app or in Outlook.com on the web. You can no longer set that up. The but And again, another weird thing is that all the settings are there to add a connected account. And so you can go through and type in all your server settings and it will and you can click OK and then it it, it you know, it shows a little a little loading symbol and then it just closes and never adds anything. It's because it's not supported anymore. So all the settings are there to do it, only to be disappointed by the fact that nothing actually happens. Uh, and this is also because they've 
paired up, uh, Microsoft has paired up with GoDaddy to set up custom domain names in Outlook.com. So basically, you have to register your domain with GoDaddy or it has to already be registered with GoDaddy in order to use that a, uh, that custom domain in your Outlook account, basically kind of the same way you were you would be if you had added it in the old way that was that's no longer supported. Uh, I'm guessing because they, you know, there's clearly some sort of partnership with GoDaddy. Plus, they probably just I think they just connect into the the uh, DNS records and add in Microsoft's outlook.com server mail server settings into your dns mx records and you know to make things uh a little bit easier for it makes sense on the front end you know because it's it's not as complicated as long as you have a godaddy uh domain name um and i actually started to consider (laughs) moving steve at moving pixelswim.com back to godaddy because i I actually did use godaddy in the past i know i mentioned this on the last show but i moved everything to name.com so i actually was kind of mulling over moving back just pixelswim.com to godaddy uh just to use this feature because i'm already you know i'm paying for the premium subscription why not and it's it is only available in the premium settings in outlook.com so I thought maybe, you know, maybe, (laughs) maybe I'll move that one domain back, back to GoDaddy. But I don't know. I, I, I almost had the, I almost started the transfer yesterday. Um, It's still not out of the realm of things I might do. Uh, Using an alias is, you know, it's working fine for now, but it's not, it's one of those, it's just kind of, you know, icing on top of, <laughs> I don't know, I don't know what an, a good analogy for it is, but it's not the full, it's not the full deal. It's not the the real deal using an alias, you know, it's not using your own custom domain. Uh, the one thing that I am a little bit hesitant on that about is the fact that I, you know, looking in through Microsoft's support articles and, and tutorials, if you do use a GoDaddy domain name, uh, in your Microsoft account, if you want a custom domain name through Outlook.com, and you do connect it through GoDaddy, you do have a GoDaddy domain, or you, you know you purchase one uh, in the process of setting it up, then you can you can only actually have one email address so uh, connected into your Microsoft account with that domain name. Okay, so basically, I can't just. It would basically be Steve at pixelswim.com that I could use and nothing else. I, you know, you can't set up multiple email addresses. So say I wanted, you know, info at pixelswim.com. That's not something that you can do with that. So I thought that's kind of a weird limitation to have for that. Uh, I guess it makes sense at the same, you know, I guess it makes sense technically, uh, but it kind of sucks <laughs> that that you can't completely uh, set up as many domain name or email addresses on a domain name and use them as you want. So it it will only work with one, which for you know for in my case might actually be okay. But transferring a whole domain name just to to do that, I'm still up in the air whether or not I want to do that. But anyway, so yeah, so I was still, you know, setting everything up on my my G6. Uh, The other thing is that all the Outlook calendar stuff that when you sign into the Outlook app, 
it does not get pulled into the system settings. I talked a little bit about the contacts not automatically going into the system, Android system contacts, uh, but that is something that you can toggle on in the settings to sync the contacts in the, in the Outlook.com app settings. You can There is a toggle to sync your settings for your Outlook account. Uh, so that I have turned on, so that pulled them all into the Android system contacts, which can you know be accessed by you know your default contacts app and stuff like that. But the calendar does not get pulled in to that, and so basically the calendar just lives within the Outlook app. And this is all if you're using the Outlook app. Now there is another way to set up your Outlook account, especially on this LG G6, because it, uh, the G6 and the LG software comes with the mail app, a calendar app, and it has obviously it has a contacts app as well. But there is another way that you can add like um, an Outlook.com account into the system settings. Uh, this is outside of the Outlook app. And so basically that will pull in all of your your email into the LG email app on the phone. You know, I didn't check to see if the contacts came through when you do that too, but uh, I have to check that too. But that leaves it all outside of the Outlook app, which adds different features for your Outlook email. The, I love the Outlook app. I really do. It's a really great email app on Android and you can connect any almost any email address to it. So another thing that I considered was just connecting my Steve at pixelswim.com separately in the Outlook app and just, you know, via via IMAP to my hosting server and kind of keeping it separated out of my Outlook.com email inbox. But that kind of, you know, I kind of want to keep it all unified in one inbox. Uh, that's kind of what I'm trying to trying to achieve. So but I've got everything set up on my LG G6. So it's essentially running on mostly Microsoft services. I've got all, you know, I've had this stuff already set up before the OneDrive backup and all of that stuff. So I'm basically just using all of Microsoft stuff instead of Google stuff, you know, <laughs> so which was, po you know, definitely possible with running them concurrently. You know, you can run your Google stuff and Outlook stuff. But this, the whole idea was to minimize the Google stuff bring in a bunch of the Microsoft stuff, you know, um, and especially now that I'm paying for the the premium home subscription, you know, trying to take advantage of as much of that as I can. But there's also an article on All About Windows Phone where Steve Litchfield went over and did kind of the same thing to an extra device he had, kind of detailing, you know, everything that he did to set things up there too. So, I, you know, I kind of followed along with that a little bit while I was doing this too. Although, like I said, I abandoned the Microsoft launcher for now. It just I wasn't getting on very well with it. It just, you know what, you know, the biggest thing, and then this is such a nitpicky thing with that Microsoft launcher is the animation when you go back home, when you're in an app, any app, and you hit the home button to go back to the home page or to go back to your mic to back to Microsoft launcher, the animation to go back just feels so unnatural or like not android like like uh it's just kind of a fade real quick fade back to the home screen with no movement and i know it's such a weird thing to say but i've gotten used to kind of the zoom in zoom out sort of restored minimize animations that android has you know had for a little while now 
And it's just kind of disconcerting. <laughs> I don't know. Like I said, super nitpicky, but it just feels incomplete. You know, it just doesn't feel like a like a very like they could have done more with with those animations and with all the animations they have. But either way, that's kind of where I'm at right now. Everything's set up on there. I haven't really had any issues, you know, because I'm trying to just use Microsoft services on Android, which really isn't that difficult these days, thankfully. And I also still have, you know, access to some of the Google stuff that I want to continue to use, especially on Android, needing the the Play Store. So, yeah, it's it's nice. The setup is kind of, you know, the halfway house, I guess you could say, to getting just something that's Android, but fully Microsoft, you know, without any of the Google stuff at all. But I mean, you know, Windows Phone was supposed to be the Microsoft thing, <laughs> yeah, but and not exactly the the best option for you know using all of your Microsoft services. A Windows Phone, which is really sad, <laughs> and I wish it wasn't that way. But yeah, so that's where I'm at with my LG G6. So this weekend, I I Microsofted it, you know, as to whatever to to a pretty good extent, you know, and, and I'm pretty happy where it's at right now. So um, I probably will stick with this for a little while and just keep my fingers crossed for that Andromeda device, the Surface phone, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> with the full Microsoft experience that doesn't, you know, that isn't terrible uh, like Windows 10 Mobile is. Uh, and by terrible, I mean like laggy and, you know, buggy and stuff like that. Uh, it's still a really nice interface on Windows 10 Mobile, but uh, there's, you know, obvious bugs that they're pro- not probably aren't getting fixed. But either way, that's where I am right now with that LG G6. So on the topic I, of talking about Windows phones, I just want to do throw back an update on my HTC 8X. And so this is a device that I bought on eBay, uh, T-Mobile version of the device here in the U.S. that I got for, oh gosh, $35 on eBay. And because it's a, it was the first Windows phone device that I had. And so I decided to keep, have it in, you know, just to have it in the archive. And so, but the big thing was that it came with Windows phone 8.0 on it, which isn't too, you know, yeah, it's pretty horrible. <laughs> uh, Windows phone 8.1 was such a big leap in functionality for Windows phone that anything before that I don't really enjoy but the unfortunately my HTC 8x is stuck on that and I've mentioned this in the past and so over the past you know since I got it uh, I have you know I've been scouring the internet trying to find a way to get Windows Phone 8.1 onto this device because that's how I remember using it when I had it I updated to Windows Phone 8.1 through the preview for developers app so it you know I got the 8.1 update that way. And so there was no official over the air Windows Phone 8.1 for the T-Mobile version here in the US. And so but I did find online some European like ROMs to flat to try flashing onto the HTC 8X. And I thought, why not give these a whirl? (laughs) If I break it, you know, I paid $35. And I'll just count, you know, count, count my losses or whatever, but I would, I tried to flash this on there, but unfortunately they are very device specific or model specific, model number specific ROMs. And so they pretty much failed immediately getting to the installation 
section of the the flash <laughs> basically saying incompatible or some something along those lines so i have found roms you know 8.1 roms for the htc 8x but unfortunately not for my version of it and i'm not you know 100 sure if there's a way to trick the device into installing these roms because i i don't know if there'd be a world of trouble if i do that you know as far as bricking the device or you know, not being able to go back. So, and, and and I've said it before, the Windows device recovery tool has Windows Phone 8.0 as the the recovery software on on Microsoft servers. So, no luck there. But yeah, I just thought I'd give an update on that. It's still kind of holding out and hoping that I can find some way, some way, somehow, I can get 8.1 on there. But, you know, I'm not holding my breath because I just I don't think that there's <laughs> I don't think there's the uproar out there or the, the developer support or the the interest that I the, the level of interest I have. I'm sure maybe one or two other people on this planet have had. So that's yeah, that's where I'm at with that HTC 8X. I hope I can get it on there, but I just thought I'd give an update. But anyway. So still talking about smartphones, which I'm, <laughs> I'm pretty much do a lot of the time, uh, though I haven't done a ton of it lately. But either way, uh, I do every once in a while look at the Lineage OS page, uh, the download page. If you go to download.lineageos.org, I believe it is, you can look. There's an entire list of support officially supported Lineage OS devices. And so every once in a while, I'll go through and look at and see what devices are supported because they get added, you know, new ones get added every once in a while. And I, you know, I kind of get kind of look at, you know, potentially getting a device just so an older device so I can put lineage on it, you know, on the newest version of lineage, which I believe is 15.1. I don't think they've done a Pi version yet. 15.1, I believe, is the Oreo version of lineage. And so anyway, the I, I always look in and see if there's, you know, a supported older device that ha that will take the 15 or the latest version of lineage just, you know, just to have it in to kind of, I don't know, because I'm a phone geek. <laughs> I think that's why, you know, so I, I always like looking at that page and, and I usually go under the Moto devices, the Motorola devices, because those can be usually found in pretty condi good condition for pretty cheap. Uh, especially like in the Moto G range, uh, I think the the newest Moto G on that on the supported list though is the Moto G4 right now and the G4 Plus. Those are the newest Moto G devices. There's I think there's newer Moto devices on there, but as far as the G series, yeah, the G4 is the the most <laughs> up to date or the the newest Moto G device on there. So uh, not quite. I never was really interested in that device. I never really thought it was that intriguing. So, but if the Moto G5 Plus ever makes it onto the official list, because you can get a lineage download, I believe, on un unofficial lineage for the Moto G5 Plus, that I would be interested in uh, in trying out. But as it is right now, it's not supported officially by lineage. So. Uh, I'll keep my eyes out. I don't know why I keep looking at the Moto G5 Plus to to get in. I had it for a hot second and didn't really like it, but I was, you know, I'm, I was really rushing myself back when I had it. So I think it's one of those I want to revisit devices, the Moto G5 Plus. So 
yeah, <laughs> I don't know if I'll if I'll make the or take a dive and 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 you know try out another get one in just to try it out again because the prices are dropping on that. I would probably be looking at like the sixty four gig version with four gigs of RAM. You know the the tricked out Moto G five plus. So uh, yeah, I don't know. I've just always I've been drawn to it lately. So I'm gonna keep my eyes out for that and like I said and keep my eyes on the lineage. OS download page to see if it ever gets added. But anyway, I just thought I'd mention that too, because I've been kind of thinking about that lately. And I want to make sure I mention my adventures in technology. So and smartphones and, and such. So okay, so the last little thing that I wanted to go over, and this is actually something I believe that got posted on the whatever works Google Plus boards, but uh, I believe Chris Kelly posted about this, and it was actually something that I probably should have talked about earlier because I mentioned getting the Roku streaming stick not too long ago. It was, uh, you know, a tech purchase that we recently got for our television. So, um, but one of the big things that I did notice, and, and Chris posted about this on Google Plus, I responded to it as well. A uh, really great feature of Roku is if you have the Roku app on your uh, I don't know if it's on iOS, if this feature is on iOS or not. So I'm just going to say on on my Android device, I have the Roku app. And so I installed that, not really needing it necessarily be, because I have the Roku remote pretty at, you know, at the ready usually. And, you know, the physical buttons is always easier to press the stuff, you know, <laughs> without looking. But either way, so, you know, it's just kind of perusing the Roku app. This is a little while ago, a few weeks ago and notice that there was a little headphone icon. And so what I did, what, what you can do is plug your headphones into your device and listen to the audio that's on your TV through the headphones on your phone through the Roku app, <laughs> which is a really cool feature. So the, basically, my wife, she has our, our Samsung tablet that she usually uses in the evening to watch her YouTube videos and stuff like that. And I usually have been just kind of watching my phone, you know, or whatever, <laughs> watching and YouTube through my phone and stuff like that. And so basically, I can use the Roku streaming stick on the TV and listen to the audio through my headphones on through my phone. So it's, uh, you know, without, you know, bothering anybody or, or anything like that. So it uh, it's a really cool feature because I actually I don't know if I mentioned this in the past, but I got a Bluetooth receiver slash transmitter for the for our TV to basically kind of do the same thing. So you hook it into the TV's audio output and it will transmit the TV's audio via Bluetooth. And there's no physical interface for this. So it's kind of a cheap little device that you you can connect your Bluetooth headphones to your TV through this little trans or transmitter. And so not a very good experience, lots of distorted noise and stuff like that. Not a great thing. So I we never really used it. You know, it was like a $10 device and just kind of sat there collecting dust next to the TV because it wasn't really convenient, you know, because you couldn't really easily connect Bluetooth to it. So finding this feature in the Roku app was, you know, it was really it was it's just a really nice little feature, you know, I love the, I'm I'm loving that I went with the Roku streaming stick because I almost went with a Chromecast and I'm finding that uh, I like the Roku Roku products. We have the the old one 
downstairs uh, that we don't really use anymore, but we loved using that one. And it's just, it's a really good experience. Roku does a great job with their streaming devices. But I just thought I would bring that up on the podcast here. And, uh, you know, maybe I'll go through and maybe do a full review type thing on the Roku streaming stick at some point. But that's one of the biggest features that I found so far that's really been fantastic. So really been loving that. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, that that's it on the Roku thing. OK, so we're going to wrap things up here uh, as usual. Thank you for tuning in to the Pixel Swim podcast, episode 45. We are five away from 50, baby. <laughs> anyway, uh, we'll be going into the holidays soon. Hopefully I can keep this up. I have not missed a single week since I started, which I did not think would happen. So I, I haven't gone through the major holiday season yet and we shall see what that brings <laughs> hopefully i can keep the episode length you know uh, up like i have been either way visit pixelswim.com for all the show notes and social links if you want to leave feedback feedback is always appreciated so i just yeah thanks again for tuning in i hope you enjoyed the show <laughs> either way uh if you didn't let me know if you did let me know so and if you, you're completely indifferent, you know what? Let me know that too. But <laughs> have a great night or afternoon or evening or commute or winding down in bedtime or exercise or whatever time it is when you're listening to this. So thanks again and Godspeed.